Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 43 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on pretty much whatever topic we want. I'm your host, Chad Knight, and with me, as always, is Lou Schwalbach. How's it going? It's going good. How about you, sir? Oh, hanging in there. Well, this week, we're going to be going back to the mailbag and let a guest listener be part of the show. Like before, we'll be going over an outside playlist given to us by a listener and give it our well-educated and non-biased opinions on the songs, good or bad. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, a, We're biased as hell. Hell yeah. But anyway, as a reminder, we have chosen not to accept any stipulations such as don't hate on XX Band because I like them, or don't be mean. We won't be pulling any punches, regardless of whomever the guest chooser is, so there will be no favoritism displays. And no participation medals. Right. Fuck participation medals. <laughs> Just our pure, unadulterated opinions. Potential submitters, don't say you weren't warned. This week's playlist was brought to us by the elder of the nightly offspring, Emma. My eldest daughter is off, as a lot of you probably know, at college in Milwaukee. And I bugged the shit out of her till she sent us a list. Nice. Oh, so, and I actually talked to, well, you found out I talked to another person to get our list recently, too. Yes, so yeah. we'll be have to look into that one later. Yeah, absolutely. So, will we discover some new artists that we may just have to start listening to? Or will it be junk that we could live without? Will we feel our lives enriched and better for listening to these? Or will we feel cheated and wish we had that precious time back from our lives? Guess you'll have to keep listening to find out. Without further ado, let's get the show started. Alrighty. So, we haven't, we haven't recorded... Since Game Hulk on. Right, right. So that's been a couple weeks. We're finally recovering from it. <laughs> yeah. It was it was rough, man. Monday was rough. I, I stuck with me till Wednesday. I have yeah. no idea. It was just It's it, called con crud. Now you're not a big con goer. No, I, I kinda broke my big con cherry this last week. You one. did. And, and and what con crud is, is you just spend four days locked in a room with a bunch of other people and you're just breathing in that everybody's germs and with every other disease that's in the state. Exactly. And your body then has to process through that because, I mean, you saw me on Saturday already. I was kind of getting hit by it. Yeah. And I, and I had to tap out early on Saturday. And, you know, I sprung back on Sunday. But then Monday, I was pretty much I, – I took the day off of work, which was great for me. Yeah. I, I didn't. I was there, and it, I just didn't want to be there. Exactly. So, anyway, with that aside, you think it's time to start drinking? I absolutely agree with that. That is the what that we should really be doing right now. All right, so for this episode, I got, uh, it's a special brew that was put out by one of the local breweries here, Stevens Point Brewery. Mm-hmm. It's called Onyx Black Ale. It's uh, 12. I like the, the symbol's pretty badass. Yeah, the, the symbol's pretty cool. It's 12, uh, 12 fluid ounces. I believe it's about 5.5%. Does it, I don't think it says on here, actually. When it doesn't, that's when you need to be worried. <laughs> but anyway, it's, um, it's called Onyx, and it's a black ale. Now, I have to be honest. I've already drank this. You son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I bought a 12-pack for that precise reason. Well, you don't try it before we get a chance to crack it in here. Hey, I was being honest at least. All right. I appreciate that. So we'll crack it open. We'll get your your thoughts on it first, and then we will uh, – I'll say what I have Now, to did say. you drink it straight from the can, or did you put it in a glass to see if it was truly black? I didn't. I drank it straight from the can. Because I'm intrigued if it's you just can black tell or... you can tell it's black. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Let's see what we got here. Wow. I'm gonna just start. Oh wow, this looks like cola. Well, smell it. It's got a great smell on it. Mm, yeah, I bet. Yeah. So. All right. Let's cheers, see. man. Oh, that definitely uh, punches you. Yeah, it's it. Uh, I was surprised. I didn't expect it to be as chewy, hoppy, or chewy as it is. I'll be I honest, I'm, a... I'm not a huge point beer fan. I'll be, okay. I'll be the first to admit that. I Because they, uh, in college, actually, point was the 
paint the bowl brown type beer. Okay. Because we had a guy who was a huge point beer fan, and that's pretty much... It doesn't matter. He had one if he had 12. It was just like, you stayed out of the bathroom after this guy. Okay. Which led me not to want to try point. You know, and I have four years. I love Point Special, which is just their base beer. And just a blue label, I yeah, think? Yeah, the blue label. Okay. And I like their their Bach, okay. which is a seasonal thing, which actually should be coming out pretty soon now. I'm surprised it's not already. I didn't see it because that's what I was looking for, actually. You know, and it's funny because the local ones like Lining Kugels. For me, I, right. like, I like Lining Kugels better than Point, and I know you're the exact opposite. Yes, yeah. Liney's Big Butt, which is a fall seasonal that actually has two rams butting heads, okay. is delicious. I haven't tried that one. I'd be willing to, but anyway, I mean, overall, as a beer, let's start rating the beer. We haven't done that yet. Okay, do we want to use it on yeah, our, kinda, our same... Well, kind of. Let's do it out of five, actually. Like stars? Yeah, like five stars or five thumbs up or whatever the hell we want to call it. Five thumbs up. Your ass. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm not going to be able to hold my beer. <laughs> so, I actually really like this. It's a little too hoppy for my... I'm more of a malt guy. I like the, and that's why I like darker beers. And that's why I thought this being a black ale, mm-hmm. figured it would be more malty than hoppy. But that's not the case. It's not as hoppy as an IPA by any means. No, you can keep that shit. But it's got a bitter bite on the back. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. I would give this a strong three. I I'm not a big dark dark beer person. I would say this is a solid three as well. Okay. So it's it's good. It's not. I would my drink favorite. it again. I've got a twelve pack. I will. Finish it. You don't really have a hell of a lot of choice in that. Well, sure you do. You can always throw it away. You do not throw beer away. Well, when I say throw away, I mean you use it to boil brats or you use it for other things. Or you give it to your friends who come over. That too. Like, here, I'm going to give you this shit. So you want me to re-gift beer? Is that what you're saying? Rather than throw it away in a heartbeat. (laughs) All right, let's, let's get away from the beer and let's do some trivia. Sure. Yeah, we'll go ahead and get that taken care of. And so let's see what we got for you. All right. So kind of a kick in the nuts do you have for me this week? You sh- Actually, this is kind of in your wheelhouse. You may get this one. I, I, I may sound like I try to do this to fuck you over, and that's wait, just wait. not how it works. What's the uh, what's what's my numbers right now? You are five, uh, four and five. Okay. Just under because of the uh, game hole one. Yep, yep. Now, since this is a daughter episode, Uh-oh. I figured I would do a trivia question regarding daughters. My daughter? Because I can answer questions about that shit. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> All right. The song Sweet Child of Mine was written for whom? Oh, God. That's a Guns N' Roses song. Mm-hmm. Sweet Child of Mine. And I should know this, but... Um, and this... I picked I'm this gonna one... I'm going to say be, well, Aaron... You know, I thought oh, we were waiting until the end. I thought we were doing two this week. No, two is next week. No, oh, okay. But seeing as how you already started, do you want to finish it? Nope, nope. You have to wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we do this then? Before we actually get into our music, why don't we talk about our ratings? All right. All right. So what we did before was we had a 1 to 10 scale. Yes. Now, 1 to 10 really wasn't good enough because, honestly, there are things worse than 1. Because some things go to 11. Uh, the other way around, some things go to zero. Oh! Yeah. That, I know we talked about this, and I'm sounding like I'm all surprised by it, but... Yeah, so we're going to go zero is absolute shit. Kill it with fire or your ears will bleed. One through three is a hard pass. Never again if we can help it. Four to six is okay. Not great, not terrible. We won't really change the station, but we're really not going to seek it out. Seven to ten is pretty good up to great. May have to look for more by this artist in the future. And that's seven to nine. Or seven to nine, that's right. Yeah, for those of you who actually keep track of numbers. And ten is the unicorn. It's amazeballs, awesome, can't live without it. It's just... Ah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, I like how you phrase that one, is the unicorn. <laughs> exactly, because it's probably not going to happen. No, I don't think we've had a ten yet. I think we've come close. I think we've gotten some upper eights and nines, but yep. I don't think we've hit the tens. In fact, I can guarantee that there, there's there's some couple eights in this one. Oh, I can guess which one you're going to pick as an eight. I'm guessing you'll be wrong. Um, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Just like I'm sure in our little pre-conversation, you probably guessed differently than I did. So yeah, we'll see how it turns out. So anyway, I'm going to kick this one off since the person that uh, sent it in is my daughter. And we're going to start with actually a song that I was surprised by, Heroes by David Bowie. It's a song recorded by the Englishman, written by Brian Eno and Bowie, 
released in 1977. A product of Bowie's Berlin period, the track was not a huge hit in the UK or US at the time, but has gone on to become one of Bowie's signature songs. Heroes has been cited as Bowie's second most covered song after Rebel Rebel. Inspired by the sight of Bowie's producer slash engineer Tony Vis Visconti embracing his girlfriend by the Berlin Wall, the song tells the story of two lovers, one from East and one from West Berlin. Bowie's performance of Heroes on June 6, 1987 at the German Reichstag in West Berlin was considered a catalyst to the eventual fall of the Berlin Wall. Following Bowie's death in January 2016, the German government thanked Bowie for, quote, helping to bring down the wall, unquote, and then adding, quote, you are now among heroes, unquote. Heroes has received numerous accolades since its release, as seen with its inclusion on lists ranking the greatest songs of all time. Bowie scholar David Buckley has written that Heroes is perhaps Pop's definitive statement of the potential triumph of the human spirit over adversity. Will you be a hero? And listen to this. David Robert Jones, known professionally as David Bowie, was an English singer, songwriter, and actor. He was a leading figure in popular music for over five decades, acclaimed by critics and other musicians for his innovative work. His career was marked by reinvention and visual presentation, his music and stagecraft significantly influencing popular music. During his lifetime, his record sales, estimated at 140 million albums worldwide, made him one of the world's best-selling music artists. In the UK, he was awarded nine platinum album certifications, 11 gold, and eight silver, releasing 11 number one albums. In the US, he received five platinum and nine gold certifications. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996. The opening music of the song sounds like a Bowie song. I really liked his style throughout, but really in his Berlin period. That is, I really enjoy that period of his music. I really enjoy the song. Thought it was a great listen and poignant for the time that it came out. I gave it a solid 7 to 10 stars. All right. Well, okay. Before this, I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard this version of the song. I heard the Wallflowers version. Okay. So going back and listening to this, it's a good song, but I like the cover better. Sorry, David. I think you were outdone by Jacob Dylan on the song. David, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow for me. Uh, he's the son of Bob Dylan, though. I mean, that's a little bit of whatever. Now, okay. that being said, I think Bowie's version sounds like a Shatner cover. Seriously, if you sat Shatner down, I think you could have him sing Heroes, and he would sound very similar to Davy Jones. Well, here's the... You know, actually, that makes me that makes me laugh, because David Bowie's real name is David Jones. And the reason he went by Bowie is because of the monkeys. Right, exactly. So... I, I didn't do that on accident. <laughs> But I, I gotta say, I disagree with you, but I will uh, agree to disagree with you. I think Bowie in himself is a high seven. Bowie's stuff is a high seven. This song is kind of a low five for me. Okay. So, again, I like Bowie. I think he's a great artist. I just, this I think was a bit of a miss for him. Fair enough. All right, man, why don't you take us into your first one? All right, let's see. What do we want to start with? Let's go with a little bit of Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. Now, Demetria, which I kind of like the name. I don't know why this, I don't know, maybe it's a mythology thing, I don't know. Demetria Lovato is a pop singer who got her start as a child actress on Barney and Friends in 2002. <laughs> awesome. That, as one could expect, really didn't do a whole hell of a lot to jumpstart her career other than give her basic experience. It wasn't until six years later in 2008 when she was cast in the Disney Channel TV movie Camp Rock. Now, her debut single, This Is Me, peaked at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. Due to the movie and soundtrack selling well, she got a record contract, which makes sense. Since then, she's released six studio albums, all of which have peaked at the, in the top five, and five of which have gone at least gold. So five out of six went gold. That's that's not bad, but not you got to remember the power of the, the, the rat, though. Well, yeah, fair enough. And again, too, not a bad percentage, and that's not even considering the soundtrack she's been part of. What we're going to do is take a quick listen to the song and then continue on with that. And that was probably the worst segue, but just listen anyways. Baby, I'm sorry.
Now, regarding the song, it's coming off as a bit of a breakup song that has more of an edge to it. Maybe something like This Generation's I Will Survive, but with a little bit more snark. Could be. She's got a decent voice, and with the subject matter, seems like she's doing what she can in order to shed the Disney Channel history, much like another female singer that was a complete wrecking ball in the charts. Now, the song's okay. I wouldn't go out of my way for it, but the backing music is decent. I have to say, sorry, not sorry, it's a five range for me. Well, like like you said, with me shaking my head, I know the name Demi Lovato because my kids watch Disney all the time. I watch Disney, but I watch, like, Phineas and Ferb and funny stuff. Well, yes, but they watch the girl shows. Fair enough. This song is not what I was expecting at all. It's a song about getting dumped and how she's dealing with the breakup. It's an okay song, just not what I was expecting. I mean, when, you know... Demi Lovato, this little girl I, you know, remembered from the Disney Channel. Dropping the F-bombs? Yeah, like crazy. But anyway, I, I'd listen to it on occasion. That said, I'm, I'm going to go with a solid, meh, five, five of ten. Okay, so we're about in the same ballpark on this yeah, one? Yeah, on this one I would say we're about exactly the same. Okay. Good to know that occasionally we kind of go in the, we go the same direction. So uh, what are you going to come up with next? All right, so Love So Soft is a song by American singer Kelly Clarkson. From her eighth studio album, Elbium. It was an Elbium. I, I don't know. It must be like the B-side of an album. Maybe. <laughs> Meaning of Life from 2017. Can you believe that? Eight studio albums? Uh, for the record, and this is just proving the age, I remember watching the episode when she got crowned as oh, American Idol. Oh, I do too. On American Idol, absolutely. Features a session appearance by the American soul band Earth, Wind & Fire. A Soul Trap R&B anthem, it was released by Atlantic Records alongside Move You as a double A-side from the album in 2017. As of September 2017, the song sold 36,100 copies in the United States. Will you love this? So Kelly Breanne Clarkson is an American singer, songwriter, actress, and author. She rose to fame in 2002 after winning the inaugural season of the television series American Idol, which earned her a record deal with RCA Records. Clarkson's debut single, Before, you Lo- Before Your Love, A Moment Like This, topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart and became the best-selling single of 2002 in the nation. It was followed by the release of her debut studio album, Thankful, in 2003 which debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Trying to reinvent her image, Clarkson decided to part ways with American Idol management and developed a more pop rock sound for her second album, Breakaway. It sold over 12 million copies worldwide and earned Clarkson two Grammy Awards. She took further creative control for her third album, My December, by becoming the executive producer and co-writing the entire album. However, it caused a feud with her label that was dissatisfied with her darker, less commercial rock music, and reluctantly promoted the album. Kelly Clarkson's signature strong and in-charge voice is not missing from this song. That said, I really didn't enjoy this song. It's more hip-hoppy or poppy than I really like. This one gets 3 of 10. Wow, you're a little harsher on this one than I was. The song itself, like most of Clarkson's stuff, I enjoy I, I really do. I mean, especially her bouncy stuff, like the Since You've Been Gone stuff. That's just a fun song. This one, obviously, due to the subject matter, isn't quite as much. To this, to me, it sounds like she was trying to emulate Adele. Did you watch the video? I did not. I just listened it to it. It looks like she was trying to emulate Adele. And that was without even watching the video, with just like with more of a beat. Now, I'm all about imitation being the sincerest form of flattery, but this one just doesn't work for me. Uh, I don't hate it, but I won't really change it. So I'm going to say an upper five, uh, maybe an upper five, lower six. And that I think is being kind. That's being really kind, but you know, you're a nice guy. Some days. <laughs> I have beer in me. Of course, I'm going to be nice. Well, we must have caught you on a good day. Apparently so. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take the next one here. We're going to go by Sight of the Sun by Fun. That's a tongue twister just to say. It is. Now, Fun formed in 2008 with Nate Ruiz's band, The Format, broke up. He asked Andrew Dost and Jack Antonoff to join his new project, and that project was fun. How would you like to be fun? 
Don't forget the period, though. Yes, because Because it's different than another band named Fun Without the Period. Well, just like Panic at the Disco has Panic! Exclamation point at the Disco. Yep, yep. Anyways, they released their first single in 2009, April, on MySpace. No shit, MySpace. Is that even... That's it's dead. actually still going. Is it really? They brought it back. Who's on there? Like four guys? Probably. And they're all four pedophiles trying to get people <laughs> on their top spaces. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. It came out with good reviews with phrases like what a pop album should sound like and progressive, but in all the best ways possible. They started touring that year and before their hiatus in 2015 released two studio albums, the most recent Some Nights in 2012 going triple platinum and peaking at number three on the charts. The hiatus was put on social media and assured fans that they weren't breaking up, just taking time for other projects. Later that year, Nate released his own solo album. Methinks he was already working on the project, and the slowdown was a perfect time for him to get his stuff out. Why don't we go ahead and take a little listen of Sight of the Sun. Bye, fun. It's just delightful. Now, regarding this song, I am not a fan. Not a fan. Now, I wasn't a fan of Some Nights. I wasn't a fan of We Are Young. It sounds like college rock coffeehouse music. I got to disagree with you on the, the, the two you just said. I actually enjoyed those. Fair enough. It just seemed like they're trying too hard to sound indie. Well, they are indie. But they're, no, I mean, they're actually, po- finger quotes, pop rock, but they're trying hard to sound grassroots indie. And, and Ooh. Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks and beer sounds fucking gross, dude. <laughs> I'd give up the beer for Pop Rocks right now. Although I'd probably try it just to see what it's like. <laughs> that being said, I wouldn't say it's awful, but I wouldn't waste the dollars downloaded either. I think a low four is a generous for me. Low, I mean, low is in scraping the bottom four. Okay. And what do you think? I honestly don't know what this song is about. It almost sounds like somebody who turned a new leaf and is trying to get those in their life to accept an apology. Like he's part of a 12-step program. You know, and he's at the point where he has to apologize to everybody in his life that he's ever heard before. I'm sorry we're making you listen to this song. <laughs> there, There isn't much about the song that's really good. The good is that fun lead singer Nate Russ can sing. I'm going to disagree with you on that one, but okay. Go on. Now, my question is, and I'm kind of giving my hand away here, but... <laughs> the good is that it's only like, three minutes long. Well, yeah, there's that. But I'm kind of giving this away here. Did Emma break the rules with the same singer on her list twice? I'm going to say no at this point, since the one that's coming up is with the, his band and, and our... Is solo. Is solo. And this is with the band. Right, correct. But this song, what, what do you think? Is that breaking the rules? I think that's a toe in the line right there. Yeah, you know, that's like doing, and I, you're going to hate this example, but that's like Sammy with Van Halen, and then putting a Sammy with Montrose, and then putting a Sammy with Solo, and then putting a Sammy with Chickenfoot. Yeah, but so, you would do that if it was your list. I wouldn't, though, because it's four of the same guy singing. I mean, you can tell by the... Right, and I will give her credit. She asked me, and I said it was fine. Okay, well, it's her but, first list, you know, who knows. Right, but I got to say, this song, disappointing. Didn't enjoy it. No, no. Um, I I, get, I gave it a three. I was, like I said, a low two, four. Low two, four, whatever. Two, four? You gave it a 24? Yeah, It's exactly. off the list, dude. It's just off the hook. <laughs> Moving on. I have Wildflowers by Tom Petty. There isn't much out there on this song, but as I was scouring the interwebs looking for something on it, I stumbled across an interview with Tom Petty, and this is what he had to say about the song. I just took a deep breath and it came out, the whole song. Stream of consciousness, words, music, chords, finished it. I mean, I just played it into a tape recorder and I played the whole song and I never played it again. I actually only spent three and a half minutes on the whole song. So I'd come back for days playing that tape, thinking there must be something wrong here because it just came too easy. And then I realized that there's probably nothing wrong at all. So let's take a deep breath and listen to this. Wildflowers, you belong in a boat out at sea. You belong with your love on your arm. You belong 
somewhere you feel free. You know, it's almost like when you hear when you read like on IMDb or something where you got like this movie finished up wrapping in 15 days. Yeah. You know, and then you get other ones that like this movie took six and a half months to film. It's like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Right. And then there's Citizen King, which I think took over a year to shoot. Uh, they could have left that one on the floor, but going on. <laughs> so Thomas Earl Petty was an American singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, record producer, and actor. Petty served as lead singer of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. He was also a member of the and co-founder of the late 1980s supergroup The Traveling Wilburys and his early band Mudcrutch. Petty recorded a number of hit singles with the Heartbreakers and as a solo artist. In his career, he sold more than 80 million records worldwide making him one of the best-selling music artists of all time. In 2002, Penny, Petty was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He died age 66 of cardiac arrest on October 2, 2017. I'm going to start off by saying it's Tom Petty, and I like most of his music. There are dogs in there, but not very many. This song, Wildflowers, is one of the songs from his catalog that I really enjoy. It's a song about loss and being apart from someone you really are in love with. If this song is, as it says on the interwebs, about his divorce from his ex-wife, nailed it. I give it a 7 to 10. Okay. We did lose Tom Petty too soon. That was just, what, about a month ago? Yeah. Uh, a month and a half, maybe? Not even. A little over a month. Yeah, it's, I mean, and it's just the way it happened, too. It was like, <laughs> I just remember we were talking via text, and she's like, he's gone. No, he's alive, but he's brain dead. No, he's gone. No, he's alive, but, and and they're hopeful, and then, no, he's and then I woke up the next day, and they're like, Tom Petty died sometime during the night. And I'm like, when did he die? How many how many lives did that man have? Right. And he used them all up at the end. Exactly. Now, I enjoy Tom Petty. Tom Petty is one of those artists that I listen to classic rock stations. And I don't care what classic rock station you listen to, you will always find one of maybe five different bands that play. They always play Zeppelin. They always play ACDC. They always play uh, Van Halen. And they always play Tom Petty and Def Leppard. Those are the five. That doesn't matter what station you go to. Those I'm are... going to throw Ozzy in there, too. Or some incarnation of Ozzy. Right, Black Sabbath, Ozzy, something like that. Right. But, but, I mean, any station, you will hear one of those. And it's for a good reason. It's because they're good music. Mm-hmm. I was not thrilled by this song. It's a nice folk-style love song, or breakup song, if you want to interpret it as such. It sounded kind of open mic like you'd get, like Tom went up there with his guitar, kind of like, kind of like he went up with his microphone and be like, this is this is a song from my girlfriend, and here you go. And then he puts his little hat out for change or shit at the bottom. It's not terrible. It's not my favorite, but it's not bad. I'm going to give it a mid-six. I can't stop laughing. Here's my hat, man. Throw me some change, would you? Fair enough. So what do you got next, man? Oh, yeah, it is my turn, isn't it? All right. Yeah. I'm going to go with I'm Not Going to Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance With You by Black Kids. You know, I, when I even read this on the list, I'm like, really, there's a band called Black Kids? I did a double take, and I'm just like, is it the Black Kids? Is it Black Kids? And for the record, what the hell, dude? Yeah, yeah. Especially nowadays. <laughs> now, whereas Fun is a pop group that tried to sound indie, here is an indie group that's going pop rock. And You were waiting for me to say pop rock. <laughs> Actually, I was waiting for you to say hooker, but... No, that was a different episode. <laughs> just wait. They formed in 2006 and initially only performed in their home area of Jacksonville, but got a huge spotlight boost after the Athens Pop Fest in Athens, Georgia in 2007. With the newfound music press coverage, they were able to release their first EP, Wizards of Oz, AHS. Well, hold on a second. So, this band's been around since 2007? Yeah. I mean, that's when they got their break? That, yeah, that's when they first got their most exposure, yes. I have never fucking heard of this band before this list. You know, and here's the thing, though, and that's what I was actually getting to. And first of all, again, Wizard of Oz, AHS, is pretty awesome. What is the AHS? Like, instead of Oz, O-Z, it's just like, ah. Oh, the Wizard of Oz. Gotcha, gotcha. Their first studio album didn't come out until a year afterwards, sawing some success at number 127, so not great. So 2008 is their first one. Okay. And then they put out another EP in 2009, and then nothing until 2017 in April with the with Rookie. So they've had they put an EP between their studio albums, which is kind of odd. They don't yeah. normally do that. Now let's go ahead and take a quick listen to "I'm Not Going to Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance with You," and I hate saying that name because it's a long ass name. What? I 
None of their singles really hit anywhere on the U.S. charts, but this song hit number 11 on the U.K. chart. As I mentioned before, when I saw this artist, my first thought was, what the actual fuck? And I'll bet you it's composed of all skinny white guys. No. Not... At least the lead singer is black. Well, they should... Okay. Are they black by association? Do they identify as black? No, I would say he... I would say he's at least half black. No, I meant the rest of the band. Oh, I don't know, because they don't... I didn't watch enough of the video, to be honest. <laughs> all right. Now... I don't care for the tone of the singer, but I dig the music. It has kind of a Daft Punk mixed with LaRue sound, which is very solid. I like this one. I want to look more of their stuff up. I'm saying this is a mid-seven for me, a pretty solid mid-seven, actually. Wow. Yeah, I like this. All right, so we are not agreeing again. <laughs> this song is crap. I've never heard of the Black Kids before, and I hope I never do again. Oh, wow. It's got kind of a surf music vibe to it and an 80s electro-funk feel, and none of it works together. You are not a funky white boy, are you? Do I look like a funky white boy? It depends. When was the last time you showered? This morning. Okay, so you're not a funky white boy. All right. So, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. Didn't enjoy it. Two of ten. Okay, fair enough. Why don't you redeem it then? I think I will do that. Galloway Girls by Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran wrote and recorded the song together with the Irish band Bayoga. I'm, I'm hoping I say that right. And the song incorporates part of the song Minute 5 from the Bayoga's Be- Be- album How to Tune a Fish. Hey, what do you call a fish with no eyes? Ah, we're getting into dad jokes now. Yeah, yeah. They decided to write the song after they had finished another song together at his house and had some time free. In an interview with Zane Lowe, Sheeran said, I came up with this song with Foy and Johnny and Amy. They were recording in Suffolk, and we were just sitting in the garden, and we had a, and we had Beoga, the Irish folk band, come and record some other songs. And I was kind of like, Beoga would be here and for two or three days. It would be a shame to waste them. Shall we try and write another song? They have a song called Minute Five, which is that riff. So I just said, can you try that on it? And they did, and it sounded brilliant, so we just kept it. In an interview with the Irish Times, Sheeran said that the opening line of the song, she played the fiddle in an Irish band, was inspired by Nahim Dune of Beoga. However, the rest of the song was made up and not about anyone in particular. According to Sheeran, he had to fight his record label to keep the song on his album. They were really, really against Galway Girl, because apparently folk music isn't cool. However, it went on to become the third most streamed song from Spotify. Let's find out a bit more about Galloway Girls. Edward Christopher Sheeran. MBE, so Order of the British Empire, is an English singer-songwriter, guitarist, and record producer. In early 2011, Sheeran independently released the extended play Number 5 Collaborations Project. After signing with Asylum Records, his debut album, Plus, was released and has since been certified seven times platinum in the UK. The album contains the single The A-Team, which earned him the Ivor Novello Award for Best Song Musically and Lyrically. Sheeran's popularity abroad began in 2012. In the U.S., he made a guest appearance on Taylor Swift's fourth studio album, Red. His second studio album, Multiply, was released and it peaked at number one in the U.K. and the U.S. Sheeran's third album, Divide, Diasia, we got plus, multiply, divide. Are we going to get to, like, imaginary numbers and square roots and all that bullshit? (laughs) But that was released, and the album debuted at number one in the UK, the US, and other major markets. So when I started listening, I fully expected to hate this song. I've listened to Ed Sheeran before, not this song in particular, but I've listened to him before, and I'm not overly impressed. And then he started singing, and I was really enjoying it, and then he started rapping. (laughs) And I was still enjoying it because there is something about Ed Sheeran. I actually give this a 6 of 10. Very nice. Didn't Sheeran, wasn't he a guest star on Game of Thrones? I've never watched Game of Thrones. I haven't either, either, whatever, but I could have sworn that he was a guest. Either way you use either, you are correct. Ah. Now, 
Galway Girl. It's got a great beat. I dig the music. I love the background band. It's not to be confused with the Steve Earle song, you know, Copperhead Road Guy. He actually does a song called Galway Girl yep. as well. Not sure that I care for all of his stuff, but I'm going to give it a solid seven because I want to hear more. I really do. I, I think he's got a great voice. And honestly, if this is your first foray into Sharonism, it's a word now, then I'd say this is a good start. Yeah. Um, Emma, as you're listening to this uh, at Christmas time, please bring home all your Ed Sheeran stuff. Lou would like a copy. You said when you're listening to this, does she actually listen? She'll listen to this one. Oh, well, because, yes, of course. Because it's about her. Which I'll admit, that was the those are the first ones of the Who's podcast that I listened to were my own. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. just how it works. So, no, I enjoyed this one. I would definitely go for more on that. All right, so what do you got next? All right, next we've got Northern Downpour by Panic at the Disco. Jesus, man. I don't know why. Everything you say tonight is funny. I, I've definitely not had enough beer. <laughs> I thought it would be the other way around, actually. I didn't drink before you got here. Why not? You were home. I was the one who had to drive. I know. <laughs> Anyways, now, panic! At the Disco formed in 2004 of childhood friends Ryan Ross, Spencer Smith, Brent Wilson, and Breeden Yuri. Brendan Yuri. Or Brendan. Whatever the fuck. It's got a weird name. And they were a Blink-182 cover band. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. They worked on different music styles, and with the assistance of Fallout Boys, Pete Wentz signed on to a label fueled by ramen imprint by <laughs> Decay Dance. Or is it supposed to be Decadence, but Decay Dance Records? Whatever. Of course, the band got bashed for being signed without ever performing a live show, but Wentz held strong and hyped the band. Their first album, Fever You Can't Sweat Out, was released in 2005, where it maxed out on number nine on the U.S. charts and has gone double platinum. They continued to record and tour, swapping out lineups, and since inception released five studio albums, four of which have gone gold or better, and 21 singles. Let's take a quick listen to the Northern Downpour. And then she said she can't believe Genius only comes along in storms of fabled foreign tongues Tripping eyes and flooded lungs Northern Downpour sends its love. For the song, all I can say is it's folksy, and there's a lot of these songs that your daughter picked that are folksy type songs. Yeah, she seems to kind of lean in that direction. She kind of likes the easy, easy flowing, easy listening, kind of hippie-ish almost. Yeah, if there were modern day hippies per se, I think that yeah, that would make sense. You know, if you, there were, if there were one goth and one hippie. I don't really, I wouldn't say Molly's goth, but she would definitely be closer to that spectrum. Um, but she, yes, Emma would definitely, nope. if she had been born in the, born in the fifties and grow up in the sixties, she'd have been a hippie. Oh, flower child all the way. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> now. I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> this song comes off of the album Pretty Period Odd, which kind of says it all. Um, I have to ask, why do people seem to be liking the slower, more boring shit from this band? Panic at the Disco knows how to rock. Do it. Give me a good rock song by them any day. You guys are better than this. Come on, seriously. I can't press myself to give them anything more than a four on this because I know they can do better. You know, it's like on your grade report card. It's like, see me, do better next time. <laughs> you know, and I I am a fan of Panic at the Disco. I've seen them in concert a few times, and they've been great in concert, and they don't really do the slow crap in concert. Because nobody wants to fucking see it. But everybody seems to want to listen to it. So I had big expectations for going into this song. It was really nothing special. I mean, we all know that Brendan Urie can sing. When he left the, what I would call the signature style of Panic, and started doing these ballads, I kind of zone out, honestly. I give it a big old five. Okay, all right, that's And cool. I wouldn't say a solid five. I'd say probably a weak five. Like a low-end five? Like a five yeah. minus? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not quite a four, but not really a five either. Not a four plus, maybe a, a five minus? Yeah, I would say so. That's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. All right, so what are you going with next? Next, I'm going to talk about Nothing Without Love by Nate Roos. In spring of 2014, Roos was in the studio with producer Jeff B. Recording a demo that was... Planned to be an upcoming fun song. However, Royce's band, Fun, announced on February 5th, 2015, via Facebook, that the band was taking a hiatus for its members to pursue other projects. Roos announced in a Rolling Stone interview the following day that he had planned to start 
a solo singing career. On February 18th, Royce released a teaser of his new single via his own YouTube channel. The full song was released five days later via Fueled by Ramen. Will you be nothing if you don't listen to this? Nathaniel Joseph Roos is an American singer and songwriter. He is the lead singer of the indie pop band Fun, and previously of the format. As of 2015, he also performs as a solo musician. This song harkens back to a love ballad of the 90s? Yeah, I guess you put it that way. It's an okay song. I'm not going to run out and buy an 8-Roos CD, but this could make a single purchase, I think. I mean, it's kind of meh for me, but I'd give it a solid 5. Which, it's funny, if, if you're paying attention to this, which I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, you are, a lot of what you just said was kind of echoing what I just mentioned before. <laughs> I know, but there's which, only so much information out there sometimes. Exactly, and it's not a bad thing. Now, I'm going to put this out here, that when I put my notes on the songs, especially for songs I haven't heard before, I kind of put a little bit of out there before anything else. So I listen to it, maybe, and then go, here's my notes, and then I do my research. Right. So this is going to sound a little disjointed, but you'll understand in a minute. Okay. Now, I had said this guy sounds like the singer from the band Fun. Obviously, this is before I realized it. In fact, the song sounds like it could be put out by them. This could be, it could be the Beck influence, though. It's not exactly a good thing. The song is okay. It's a decent love song, if, if a bit whiny. There are better than that. And guys don't go for love songs in the sucker way that the girls do sometimes. If that works for ladies, great. Now, here's the funny part about this, is that after I looked this up, I realized that he is the lead singer of Fun. He just went solo. So, what do you know? <laughs> it's just like, huh, I'll be damned. Now, my review on this one here is, I think it's a generous three for me. Ooh. I did not care for this at all, and I know I gave fun a four, but I like this song even less. Wow, that hurts. Yeah. Not I, me, but... Yeah, no, I'm If sure. Nate Roos is listening, he's not going to like you. I'm, I'm really sweating over it. <laughs> I really am. He can get the rest of his fun mates to come bother me. They're his fun mates. That sounds a little dirty. I like it. So what do you got next? All right. We're going to go with a little Love Me by the 1975. Now, English band 1975 formed in 2002, consisting of Matthew, Maddie Healy, Adam Hahn, Ross McDonald, and George Daniel. Got to love names that you could put either way, like Daniel George, George Daniel. Daniel Bryan, Brian Daniels. There you go. Now, they all attended high school together and played gigs organized by their council worker, I don't know, it must be some weird thing in, in England. The band went through many name changes before sticking with the 1975. Me and You versus Them, Forever Drawing Six, Talk House, The Slowdown, Big Sleep, and Drive Like I Do. They finally settled on the 1975 due to a Jack Kerouac poetry book that said 1 June the 1975. Okay. So there's a little bit of uh, poetry-ish type stuff, I guess? Okay. Sure. So... Now, they released four EPs before finally releasing their self-titled studio album that hit number one in the UK and 28 on the US charts. Their follow-up, which is where this song came off of, went number one in both the US and UK. Let's put a little love out there and listen to some Love Me. Again, they've continued touring and recording are slated to have a new album, Music for Cars, sometime in 2018. This song is funky. Um, it plays towards the music of the era. It plays towards the 1970s, I would say. I just, I really like the vibe. Do I sound old by saying this? Yes. Do I care? Nope. It's one of my favorites. I'd say it's a high seven, possibly dipping into the low eights for me. So it's a seven plus eight minus, maybe. Wow. I'd we, like to hear more of theirs. We um, are going to disagree once again. <laughs> So, to me, this song sounds like a mix of, and follow me on this, and tell me if I'm not, if I'm not, tell me if I'm wrong here. You're wrong. It feels like a mix of Weird Science and Prince. 
So a little bit of Oingo Boingo and Prince. Yeah, and not a good bit of either. Uh, well, there is, there's, uh, depending there's, on the Prince, there's some good, but... There's also a feel of funk and something else that I can't quite put my finger on. But it doesn't work together for me. It just, I did not enjoy the song. Okay. Did not enjoy the music. There's just nothing good about this one. I gave it a three. Wow. So we're pretty much polar opposites on that one. That one, and I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you. Yeah, well, I have a feeling we're going to probably disagree on another one later on, but then again, that's how we operate. Yeah, I mean, it's all about our opinion. Exactly. It's about my opinion, and Lu- and my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> and Lou feels the same way. Well, yeah, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate that you're wrong, but let's continue. All right, so up next, I am going to do November Rain by Guns N' Roses. I'm not going to lie. I expected you to save that one for last. Did you? I did. I really did. So, November Rain is a power ballad by the American hard rock band Guns N' Roses, written by the band's lead singer, Axl Rose. The song was released as a single in 1992 from their third studio album, Use Your Illusion 1. It features a sweeping orchestral backing and is one of Guns N' Roses' longest songs. November Rain peaked at number three on the United States Billboard Hot 100 chart, making it the longest song in history to enter the top ten of that chart. Since its release, the song has sold over one million copies worldwide. So, according to Tracy Guns, former L.A. Guns guitarist and founding member, Axl Rose had been working on the song since at least 1983. Jesus. In an interview, he said the following about November Rain. When we were doing the EP for L.A. Guns, like 1983... He was playing November Rain, and it was called November Rain, you know, on piano. The guitar solo is amazing. Way back then, it was the only thing he knew how to play, but it was his. He'd go, someday this song is going to be really cool. And I'd go, it's cool now, but it's not done, you know. He used to say, and like, anytime we'd be at a hotel or anywhere, there'd be a piano. He'd just kind of play that music, and I'd go, when are you going to finish that already, you know? And he'd go, I don't know what to do with it. I need Moody's help. Don't know what that means. Is that a slang term for drugs? I, I don't know. Let's stand and listen in the cold November rain. Guns N' Roses is an American, like I said, hard rock band from Los Angeles, formed in 1985. The lineup, when first signed to Geffen Records in 1986, consisted of vocalist Axl Rose, lead guitarist Slash, rhythm guitarist Izzy Stradlin, bassist Duff McKeegan, and drummer Steven Adler. Guns N' Roses have released six studio albums, accumulating sales of more than 100 million records worldwide, including 45 million in the United States, making them the 41st best-selling artist of all time. This is a behemoth of a song, clocking in at over nine minutes. It's got an awesome video, and the use of strings with a solid rock song and pulling it off is amazing. I really love this song. And as a side note, if you want to see something funny, go to YouTube and watch Kids React to Guns N' Roses. I've seen that one. In fact, I watched the Kids React to ACDC one, too, and that that was was pretty entertaining as well. So this is just a solid, great song. I give this one 8 of 10. (laughs) This is where we're going to disagree again. You're fucking wrong again? <laughs> no, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Axel should not be allowed to do ballads. Ever. Disagree. Patience was shit. This is garbage. I am not a fan. I really don't care for this song at all. Yeah, well, as soon as we're done recording it, I'm kicking your ass out of my house. <laughs> no, I give it a very low four. It's a station changer for me. However... I would come back if there's nothing else on before shutting the radio off because I need some form of music. I don't care for this all. I think this is one of the weakest songs off of User Illusion 1. Did you hear that, Emma? When you're home, we have to kick his ass. <sighs> kick his ass, sea bass! I would be more concerned about your other daughter than, than Emma. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you got next? I want you to pick a number one or two. Uh, one. Okay, so this is what we're going to do then. We're going to do a little Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations. Now, written by Tony McCauley and Mike D'Abo, 
who was in Manfred Mann at the time. This Foundation song is one of their two biggest hits along with Baby Now That I Found You. The Foundations were the first multiracial group to have a number one hit in the UK. Who keeps stats on that? Really, seriously. Somebody does. Right. Now, they were formed with West Indians, White British, and Sri Lankans, and are said to be one of the only Brit bands to successfully imitate the Motown sound, which, I'll be honest, I didn't know that they were a Brit band, so good job. I didn't either. I I, thought they were Motown. I thought they were legit here. Anyhow, let's go ahead and build me up, Buttercup. You got that look in your eye, which is awesome. I did my job. Now, this is just a great song. It's been included in a ton of movies, most notably I can think of with There's Something About Mary, when it has the whole group lip syncing it with Brett Favre Favre. Favre at the end. And then they also had it in Mallrats, which was covered for the elevator sex scene with Shannon Doherty and Jason Lee. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. And the cover one is good. I still like the original. It's not so much a happy song, but it makes you smile, even though the situation isn't good, you know? On a final note, I have to say that if you've never done this before, go to a Camp Randall, go to Camp Randall, watch a Badger game, and have the entire stadium singing it, led by the student section, of course, is pretty damn awesome. That sounds like it. Now, I, I have to say this one builds me up into the mid-sevens range. Wow, okay. So, I said it's a classic song by the Foundations. As I started listening to it, I remember it being funkier than what I was listening to, and maybe that was because of the cover song. I don't know if the cover song's a little more upbeat than this one is. It's a lot more fast-paced and kind of a harder... Okay, yeah, so that's probably what I was thinking about when I started this, but it's still a great look at 60s music. Not a lot to say about this one, except I gave it a solid 7 as well. Beauty. So... So we like the older stuff, apparently. Well, because we're old. Well, yeah. So, what's your last one for us? All right. So this one, and, and you've you've kind of figured out my the way I do things is the, whatever my favorite song from the list is. That's kind of what I put at the end. Which is why I figured the gun song would be last. And you were wrong. I know I was, and it's it's got to happen once a month. Otherwise, I don't remain humble. <laughs> so Vienna is a song from Billy Joel's 1977 album The Stranger, released as the B-side to She's Always a Woman single. In July 2008, New York Times article, Joel cited this as one of his two favorite songs, along with Summer Highland Falls, to sing. It was played in a 1981 episode of Taxi called Vienna Waits. Mary Lou Henner's character, Elaine Nardo, refers to the song while on vacation in Europe with Alex Riger, played by Judd Hirsch. Due to licensing restrictions, the song has been omitted from the episode on DVD. Of course it has. Vienna can also be found on the soundtrack of 13 Going on 30. Do you wait for Vienna? You got your passion, you got your pride, but don't you know that only fools are satisfied? Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true. Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you? William Martin Joel is an American singer, songwriter, and pianist. He was born in the Bronx, New York, and raised on Long Island, New York places which have a heavy influence on his songs. Since releasing his first hit song, Piano Man, in 1973, Joel has become the sixth best-selling recording artist and third best-selling solo artist in the United States. Joel had top 40 hits in the 1970s, 1980s, and 1990s, achieving 33 top 40 hits in the U.S., all of which he wrote himself. He is also a six-time Grammy Award winner who has been nominated for 23 Grammy Awards. He has sold more than 150 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling artists of all time. Joel was inducted into the Songwriter Hall of Fame in 1992, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1999, and the Long Island Music Hall of Fame in 2006. In 2001, Joel received the Johnny Mercer Award from the Songwriters Hall of Fame. In 2013, Joel received the Kennedy Center Honors, the nation's highest honor for influencing American culture through the arts. With the exception of the 2007 songs All My Life and Christmas in Fallujah, 
Joel stopped writing and releasing pop rock material after 1993's River of Dreams. However, he continues to tour and he plays songs from all eras of his solo career. I absolutely love this song. It opens with an Italian sounding music intro, uh, which would be the influence from New York. Mm-hmm. Billy Joel is one of those performers on my bucket list to see in concert. Problem is, his tickets are as expensive as fuck. Yeah, they are. So this song is just about taking your time and letting life come to you. I absolutely love this song. Probably in the top five songs from him. I give it eight and a half out of ten stars. You know, and you forgot to mention on all of his awards, the award for getting somehow getting the most attractive wife when you are way out of their league. No, they are way out of your league. Either way, how you look at it, it's the same difference. But, I mean... It's he was compared to her. He was a little troll. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Now that being said, Vienna, I'm not as huge a Billy Joel fan as you are. Okay. I like his stuff. I appreciate his music. I personally think this one could be left in the B sides. Wasn't a huge fan of it. It just kind of bored me. I guess I'm more used to his other stuff like Pressure and shit. I don't even know the name of the title, but like the the Valley So Wide, River So Deep, that one. Yeah. In the middle of the night, I think it is. That's River of Dreams. Right. And I'm sorry, but everybody bashes it, but we didn't start the fire as an entertaining song. I love that song. That's off his Stormfront album, which, dude, I listened to. Oh, Extremes. That's the other one. I love that song. Yeah, his cover of Extremes. But the Stormfront album, I listened a DVD, or not a DVD, uh, a CD into submission. I had to buy a second one. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. Wow. I did that with Appetite for Destruction on cassette tape, actually. (laughs) That was back in 87, I think it was. But anyways... My thought on this one here, Billy Joel is usually around mid-sevens for me. Most of his stuff is. This one is a four plus. Ooh. I did not care for this one at all. Wow. So, that being said, that's... Round us out, man. I'm going to round you about, and I did not save the best for last. Although, based on my rating, you actually could probably say that. And that would be Can't Buy Me Love by The Beatles. You're kind of surprised by this, I'm sure. (laughs) I can tell by your lack no, of talking. I'm, I, I'm not surprised by it. I'm just, I purposely, when I got this list, I gave, I gave you the Beatles song. Well, that's okay because I purposely gave you the some of the ladies' songs when we did the lady when we did the modern country ones. Fair enough. So we we fuck each other every now and then, but only figuratively. Yes, please, only figuratively. <laughs> Anyways, now what really can't be said about the Beatles that we haven't touched on in the past? Beatles, along with the Rolling Stones, the Kinks, and the Animals, just to name a few, were at the forefront of the first musical British invasion of the 60s, brought newfangled rock music across the Atlantic, and sparked a cultural revolution. I mean, there's there's nothing else to really just say. Now, before anything else, I want to clear something up. I don't hate the Beatles. <laughs> I say that because I just don't have a musical hard-on for them like my cohort does. Because you do. You have a musical heart on for them. Anyways, because whenever... Four feet long. <laughs> whenever you mention them and me together, it's almost like you're torturing me, and that's just not the case. I mean, it's not like you're making me listen to Slipknot or ICP songs. I mean, that would be horrible. That's still coming. Oh, you're a dick. That would be torture. So, now, before anything else... Oh, come on. Don't lie. You live the juggalo lifestyle. Really? <laughs> there is very little makeup in my house. I mean, the wife doesn't even wear makeup, except for in special occasions, so I couldn't get away with that crap. Fair enough. Let's take a quick listen to the Beatles, and then we'll finish up with it. I'll give you all I've got to give if you say you love me too. I may not have a lot to give, but what I got, I'll give to you. I don't care too much for money, but money can buy me love, can buy me love. Back to the song at hand, Can't Buy Me Love is a peppy, quick song that the Fab Four released in 1964 as composed by Paul McCartney, but as always, is credited to Lennon McCartney. It's pretty straightforward. Don't care for possessions, mostly because money can't buy happiness or love. It's not about hookers, though. <laughs> it's not about hookers? Paul McCartney made it very clear on that one. It is oh, not It is not about hookers. Okay, hold on. So let me get rid of that, <laughs> and that, and that. Okay, we're good. I like this song. It's one of the top ones of theirs that they do, and I very much appreciate it. It's also the title of a pretty hilarious 80s movie with Patrick Dempsey in it, which you're nodding your head. I'm guessing you saw that one, too. Uh, yeah, it was years ago, but I remember it being cute. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's pretty entertaining. Now, this one can't buy me less than an upper eight. What? 
An 8 plus? Yeah, I'm going to say an 8 plus on this one. Well, we're going to shock the viewers then. Oh, no. What? I hate this song. I think it's bullshit. I give it a 2. No, no, no. So, early 60s Beatles. This is something my daughter and I have in common. The Beatles. She enjoys the older stuff where I enjoy, enjoy the more progressive stuff, but we both love it all. This is a really good song about early love and how poor you can be and still be in love. It's a good song, but it's early Beatles. I give it a six. That surprises me, but on the other hand, doesn't. You know, if if she had gone with something more progressive, something from the later... Like pick an, exa- like an example. What would you be considered more progressive? Uh, anything Sgt. Pepper's and beyond. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I know the album. I couldn't tell you what songs are in which one. Okay. If you're looking for a song... Yeah, Sgt. Pepper's is a great song. It's a more progressive. Strawberry Fields. Oh, so the stuff where it sounded like they were high. Well, because they were. Okay. Like Lucy <laughs> in the Sky with Diamonds. I do enjoy that song, though. Not high on my list of songs. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. So... So you're the numbers keeper. How did we do? How did we do on what? Didn't last time we do this, you kind of tally oh, up things yeah, and kind of give an average? Yeah, let's see. We were off. Um, Actually, most of them we were off by two or less, except November Rain, where we were off by four. Vienna, where we were off by four and a half. <laughs> That's another good one. I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you. We were off by five. I think the 1975 we were off on a bit, too. Yeah, the 1975 we were off by four. Okay, so the average of, I mean, we were either pretty close or way off. There was no middle ground, was there? No, not really. Not really. We were within two on pretty much everything else. Yeah, very nice. Now, I have to say this, um, and I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget this, and that's just... Sorry, dude, they're not my kids, so I can play favorites, and I like Mel's playlist better. That's fine. I'm trying to remember here now that you said that. Uh, I think about the same, honestly. I think I've kind of, I came out a few songs on there that I kind of panned, and most of them... I liked more than I expected to, which I think is why I like that playlist better. Yeah, that, that, that's fair enough. That's fair enough to say. Let's do... Trivia? Trivia. That's what I was trying to think <laughs> of. All right. So... Just as a reminder, the song Sweet Child of Mine is written for whom? I'm going to go with Aaron Everly. You would be correct. It was Aaron, daughter of Don Everly. Yep. Her and Axel were married for a whole month. I know. One whole month. It's, yeah. Is that where the celebrity marriages kind of gave in? I guess. I guess. All right. Well, that All puts right, you so, at 500. Woo! You're 5 and 5 now. Yay! Listen to the audience. <sighs> or that's just some guy with COPD. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. First announcement I want to put out there is Lou and I will be doing a special live um, in front of people podcast in January. Right. We're going to be at Evercon Gaming Convention. We're going to be talking about, uh, I guess, songs that come from, like, the nerd world movies. Like fantasy, sci-fi, um... I guess, oh, what was the other what would the other term that we're thinking? Fantasy is the yeah, main thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It could be high fantasy like Lord of the Rings. We could be sci-fi like um, X-Men Star Wars. I mean, yep. uh, comic book because that's fantasy. Yeah, um, I'm actually thinking about, and I, and I haven't solid this up in my mind yet, but I'm thinking about doing the theme song from Big Bang Theory. Okay, this is, that is that is uh, nerd chic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's, geek, that's, geek chic. Geek chic. Yeah, so that'll be cool. That is in January. I believe we're doing ours on Saturday, which would be January 6th. I'll take your word for it. No, we're doing it on Sunday. I'm sorry. January 7th. You've got got your tournament and like 14 other podcasts you're recording. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing that on the 7th. But uh, come down for the whole weekend. If you're you're into gaming, that kind of stuff, Evercon is great. Find them on web at evercon.org. And so, it's, it's pretty um, cost-effective, too. I mean, it's I've seen them be a lot more expensive. And this one doesn't – it's not going to break your budget for the whole weekend. No, no. So, if you – actually, um, I can tell them that if you pre-register, it's $35 for the full weekend. And at the door, it's, what, 40? 40. Yeah. So, so, I mean, still, 40 bucks. honestly. I mean, let's let's think about this. You know, that's what? Three packs of cigarettes? Well, let's look or, at it this way. I took my whole family to the movies this past weekend. We went and saw Thor. During how, the how during, was it? It was it was amazing. No spoilers. But. I'm not gonna I'm not yeah, I'm not gonna say anything more beyond, beyond that. But we went and saw Thor. The four of us for entry and snacks and soda. Hundred bucks. Yeah, dropped a hundred bucks. So look at it that way. We got two hours of enjoyment. 
you get three days for half that cost. Oh, yeah. And then you get to see us, which, you know, we're not giving refunds, so. Yeah. If you come to see us, it's it's your own fault. <laughs> so, uh, with that, uh, you know, like I said, uh, this episode, any other episode, you can uh, send us out a, we like what you're doing, we hate what you're doing. You can do that a few different ways. First of all, find us on email at musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line there. We will get back to you. You can also find us on Facebook at POI Network or at Musically Challenged Podcast. Either way, you can drop us a line out there, too. We'll get back to you as well. And relatively new for us, we're on the Twitter. We are indeed. We are at, at MC Podcast 17, so MC Musically Challenged Podcast 17 for our podcast birth year. We're coming up on a year, aren't we? We are. This is episode 40. Four. Uh-huh. No, I'm sorry. Episode 43. That's right. That's right. So we're two months away. Something like that. February. Somewhere in February. Yeah, end of January, beginning of February. I yeah. Think. So, yeah. So we're coming up on it, yeah. And we'll have to do something special for that. Oh, God. Well, we've already got something interesting planned for the next few episodes. You'll just have to tune in to find out. But drop us a line if you want to go ahead and submit a playlist, 14 songs, 14 artists. Uh, try to make them different. Don't do the Sammy thing like I mentioned because that's just not original that's my job later and just keep an, keep an ear out because we will go ahead and drop your name on here and we'll listen to your stuff and tell you how much we like it or how much we hate it right right and just as a final note Lou brought me a little toy tonight it's actually really kind of cute I am a Beatles fan so he brought me a little yellow submarine so thank you Lou you're very welcome so and with that I want to say thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.